welcome to the 10th edition of the Gifford Provider Podcast. This is the podcast of Gifford Healthcare located in central Vermont. I'm Scott Fleischman, the communications specialist for Gifford. Gifford is a nonprofit critical access hospital and federally qualified health center with a total of nine locations. The medical center in Randolph is home to a 24-hour emergency department, inpatient and rehabilitation units, or an birthing center, accredited cancer program, advanced diagnostic imaging, surgery, and much more. Go to giffordhealthcare.org to find all of the services we provide. You can also find a provider, check out all the various specialties Gifford offers, our locations throughout Central Vermont, and career opportunities. Again, that is giffordhealthcare.org. My guest for this episode is Gifford midwife Heather Johnston. Heather joined Gifford in 2017. She works in our birthing center. Before we get into our conversation, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Don't forget to click the subscribe button, like this video, and tap the notification bell. When you do that, you'll always know when we have new content for you to watch. On our YouTube page, we have other podcasts, important information from our medical team, and testimonials from patients and employees. We just posted a video about a new small library that's been started at the birthing center, It's in the memory of a baby girl who passed a couple of days after her birth. We also have stories about our Last Mile Ride fundraiser taking place in August, providing palliative and end-of-life care services to patients and their families. You can now listen to the Gifford Provider podcast in your car or while just going for a walk. We're on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Just do a search for the Gifford Provider podcast, follow the podcast, and share it with your friends. Okay, now that that's out of the way, Heather Johnson, again, thanks for being here, our 10th Provider Podcast, and we wanted to have you on. May 5th is uh, International Day of the Midwife, so we wanted to have a midwife on here. You know, we uh, we take such pride in our birthing center and uh, for women's care here, so thanks again for being here. I know it's been a very busy time. We've just finally filled out the entire team now of, of midwives. And I know the last year has been pretty hectic for you. The last two years have been hectic. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Scott. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. Tell me your interest, how you wanted to become a midwife, how you got into it. You know, maybe with, there's a story that, you know, kind of motivates you to go in that direction. Yep, I, I do have a story. Um, ever since I, I, I cannot remember, um, like when, when I wanted to be something, I wanted to be a nurse and then I found out girls could be doctors too. And then I wanted to be a doctor. And as a teenager, I actually took, um, a a class on herbology and the gal who taught it happened to be a midwife. And she had this little, Oh, here's how in an emergency, how you would attend a birth. And I was hooked. I was hooked as a teenager and that's, I started telling people when I was 15, I wanted to be a midwife and that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, done. Yeah. I mean, and that's great. You know, I, I think we've oftentimes have come across with these interviews, you know, it is a particular story or you're like, well, I knew I wanted to go into medicine in some direction and then you know, this yeah. is, and that eventually something happens that points them in the direction they want to go. Yep. So, and, and did you know what it entailed being a midwife at that time? Or, you know, as you went along and learned more and, and educated, you kind of really found out that 
it's so much more? Um, I mean, when I kind of wanted to be a doctor, I was really super interested in surgery and things like that. But the more I kind of understood about how the body worked and how like just health and, and how human beings interact with their own health, the more it's kind of like, I'm not entirely sure surgery is always the best way. And I really was attracted to the more holistic kind of approach. Um, I really like the how advanced practice nurses do it um, with that nursing background and understanding the family and their context and really an educational perspective and how their environment contributes to health. And really that whole focus on the patient as the partner in care towards health and well-being. And I really, I appreciate what that is as far as like how birth goes. Um, because largely, largely in my opinion, birth is, and becoming a parent is a huge life transition. It's a major role transition, right? With a medical component. If that medical component goes awry, it can make things really, really unpleasant and traumatizing. But when it only focuses on that medical component, it can be really dehumanizing and in a way also its own level of trauma. And so I really, I like that approach, that holistic, whole-centered, family-oriented kind of approach to it. And I, I mean, I definitely got it in to it because I liked the, you know, catching babies and pregnancy kind of aspect to it. But the longer that I have been a midwife, the more and more I really, really love taking that approach more into primary care. Um, and so, you know, my life had taken a little different, I, you know, approach. I, I would do family practice too, but I, I love, love taking care of moms and babies at this point in their life. And I'm happy here. Well, so how long has, have you been in a midwife now then? So I've been a midwife for almost 27 years. Wow. Unbelievable. And you've been at Gifford since just 2017. Yes. So tell us how you ended up at Gifford. So um, I started out with a home birth practice. I did that for a lot of years. I was very much involved in politics and helping midwifery become part of more the mainstream like options and integrated options. Um, I was involved in Utah with getting uh, freestanding birthing centers licensed, and I owned a freestanding birthing center there. And after a lot, a lot of years of being on call 24-7 and being always in the driver's seat, I was like, I need to be able to take a day off. <laughs> and some things happened within my practice where some main people um, were moving on to midwifery school themselves and um, other people deciding they were going to take some time off and raise kids and stuff that I, I decided the time is right and I'm going to we're going to sell and and move on and so I, I looked all over the country for a place where I felt like I could be a midwife with integrity and really um, do in a, in a hospital setting this is my first like long stint in a hospital setting and, and but be able to offer that personalized care, that shared decision making, that that close relationship type of stuff. And um, interestingly, uh, a friend of mine knew I was kind of looking and she's from Vermont and she called me up and she's like, hey, I heard Gifford's hiring. I've got the place for you. And I called him up and uh, it worked out. Um, actually, May 5th will be five years to the day I came out and interviewed. Really? So what a good, what a nice tie-in for all of that. And it was rainy um, and cold and I came anyway. 
<laughs> if, well, then you then you came to realize it's always rainy and cold uh, in in Vermont yeah. around around April and May. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was it? so? Um, you know, Gifford is known for its birthing center. You mm-hmm. talked about you know loving that primary care aspect of things, but really wanted to focus more on midwifery. But yet here at Gifford, we kind of run the gamut in both of those. So it's really, it's a nice tie-in, right? It's very much. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was hoping to do a lot more of the primary care aspect, but um, since I have been here, we have increased the number of births that we do in a year by almost 40%. So we have been very busy and very much more focused on the birth end of things. And um, we've now hired finally this week, our fourth midwife. And so we're hoping to be able to, you know, bring kind of that, that holistic approach a little bit more and have more room for annual care and um, basic gynecologic care. And that's, I, I really, really enjoy that because, and the reason, and the reason is, is because I think that that collaborative care, like, we can provide medical care, we can provide screening and advice, but healthcare comes from what you do and your environment in your life, right? And if we can be partners in that, rather than dispensers of procedures, um, people come out actually healthier. Now more than ever, you and your family's health takes top priority. That's why Gifford recruits, hires, and retains providers who put family medicine first. Providers like Dr. Jeffrey Allen. My goal as a clinician is to provide a space where they are respected and heard. To schedule an appointment, call 802-728-2445. 802-728-2445. GiffordHealthcare.org. Caring for you for life. Is that a lot of your job is not a lot of your job, but is that kind of the opening of your job is really explaining what a midwife does? Absolutely. And not just so much what a midwife does, but like, I mean, the whole term with midwife is with woman. And I really, with, with our practice here, we really, really focus on that shared decision-making collaborative model of care. Our job is to be kind of experts in the field, keep up on the reading, know what the current best guidelines are, but also be able to listen to you, listen to your context, understand what's important to you, understand the influences, right? And how to help interpret your own personal history and needs and mesh that with the best evidence so that you're able to feel comfortable with the decisions that you make in what's appropriate for screening or interventions or things that you do for good health. So um, when we talk about International Day of the Midwife, what then what does that, considering everything we've discussed so far, what does that day mean for you then? What is, does, does this have a, you know, does that day mean something to you? Um, it does mean something to me internationally. And I'm going to say just particularly in Europe, um, when modern medicine kind of came out from like a more traditional healer role and they started understanding that actually some education and training and stuff was was useful and, and we started developing the scientific method, um, mid, midwives were largely very integrated into that process. 
and midwives always oversaw kind of that realm of things. And in the United States, it was really different. And um, I think there's a lot of reasons for it, um, but some of the underlying stuff was um, that a lot of the midwives who had good training in the United States had gotten their training in Europe. And so they were part of the immigrant population. And so it was really easy to cut them out and label them as illiterate and unsafe and not part of the mainstream. And some of that had to do with just some of the, the racial and ethnic uh, discrimination that kind of happened, as well as we had some of the mainstream medical schools and stuff. They wanted to kind of get up to par with some of the medical schools in Europe and they knew they needed people to work on and and one of the ways was like discrediting the midwife and, and getting women to come into the hospitals and stuff and not that hospitals are bad by any means but in the 1800s they were not good places to go to have a baby um and so midwives really got cut out a lot because they were immigrant or especially in the south they were slave women who who provided the service so those were not people who politically had a powerful voice and so they went about and did their work, but they weren't often, they didn't have a lot of like influence on the structure of things. So in the United States, it really filled out very differently. And so it was more in the um, post-World War II years that um, some nurses really saw in especially rural communities, a huge lack of healthcare. Uh, and they were able to see that, you know, a lot of them did, did a lot of their training in Europe and they saw that we were really, really lacking in an area of care for women and children. And so um, Mary Breckenridge was actually um, one of the people that spearheaded um, rural public health and the, and the development of the whole nurse midwife credential and um, really brought down infant mortality rates and have done amazing work within especially rural and poorer communities. And just as this has grown over the last 50 years, it's become a very integrated and established part of medicine. And, and that holistic um, working with model is one of the things that the more research that we have really supports that model of care for safe and healthy outcomes. So you know, being a midwife does not mean we're anti-intervention. It doesn't mean that we're anti-modern medicine. It has, it doesn't mean you can't have an epidural. It doesn't mean any of that. What it means is that um, you look at those, the best data and the best research, the best resources that we have, and we put those in context of what is best for each woman and their decision-making process. And I think that's a, a that's a, um, a paradigm that can be used for all aspects of healthcare. Um, you know, I mean, I, I very much focused on midwifery care, but part of what really I wanted to get more into primary care and doing more of that was because people would finish their care and they're like, boy, how come the rest of my healthcare can't be like this? I've learned more in one hour than I have with my previous two pregnancies. Why, how come I couldn't know that before? And so I think a lot of what we do is teaching, listening, meeting people where they're at and helping them understand their options. And I think a lot of that has to be too trust, right? You have to, to, to establish that trust. And I, I think that's important, but I mean, it is establishing trust, but a lot of that is by us being trustworthy. 
right? Yeah. Um, being competent at our job, being reliable, um, and being honest about our limitations, what we know and what we don't know. Um, sometimes that involves having really hard conversations. So tell me how Gifford then plays into all of that, because, you know, you're allowed to, I, you know, with your team here, you're allowed to, to really, the, everything you've discussed and talked about, educate, you know, you, you're able to do that here. Um, we do. I've definitely worked at some places where you had 10 minutes for a prenatal visit. And that's hardly like you don't know. I I don't think 20 minutes is over long. And it's, I mean, it's a struggle just with some of the volume and stuff to like find the balance between how much can we do. And um, I look forward to having childbirth classes available again. But, but this is also just like, uh, you know, with, you know, some places an annual visit will be 15 or 20 minutes. That's what you got. That's not a time to talk to people about what are your social connections? How are your social support structures? What do you do to manage your stress? Do you feel really overwhelmed and isolated? How can we work with this? How do you identify your strengths and things like that? Which all the data says is some of the most important components to predicting longevity in a healthy life, right? And I really appreciate that we can take more time with that. If a person doesn't want more time, they don't have to. Um, you know, that's fine, but also, you know, we have to be trustworthy, but also part of that is like, I, I have to trust patients and like really creating, creating a great partnership there um, is good. We try and be accessible. Sometimes the system is limiting. I did not create the healthcare system. I can complain about it all day long, um, but we have to work within what we've got. And I think Gifford actually, like from an organizational point of view, I love that Gifford is a smaller hospital. They are committed to being independent and that independence allows us the ability to have a lot of, a lot of discretion. I don't wanna use the word control, but a lot, of, a lot of ability to make things happen that we might not have the power to do otherwise. And I think Gifford really supports us as, as providers within that model. You grew up, well, you from out west, right? Utah. Mm -hmm. So, what is there a is there a, is there a cultural difference? Is there a or a difference in you know how you were doing things there compared to the East Coast, the New England? I mean, is there you know you always hear about people being different, you know their personalities <laughs> or how you know maybe it's a slower pace. I mean, do you find any differences in? in uh, you're laughing. You so stereotype the crap out of it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, I lived out west for for a few years too. I mean, I know, but do you find uh, are there differences? Yeah. Well, and also some of it just has to do with the the population that was desired out of hospital birth. Like my personal experience is a little bit different just because of the niche, the market that I was part of, right? Um, but I love um, a lot of the diversity here. And I mean, it's maybe not racial diversity, but there is an awful lot of diversity of backgrounds. Um, and it's actually really, really nice to, to be in a place that midwifery is, I think, I feel like a lot more understood. Um, you know, I was I'm involved in politics just to, just to bring midwifery more into like an accepted part of any sort of the mainstream. And I, 
yeah, I actually really liked Vermont for that. <laughs> and I, I, there's lots and lots of things I really like about Vermont. I love, I love that I've been here for just a few years and I can know most of the people in town and I know the lots and lots of connections and stuff. I, I, yeah, I love it here. It's, um, when you've lived out west for for a bit, and you, it is it is a different adjustment. Not just you know time zones, obviously, but you know it is a, somewhat of an adjustment. I think that that's what makes the country kind of unique in different parts, different different ways. Um, it is like, and families have roots that are so so deep here. The west just doesn't go that deep yet. Right, right. It doesn't. Speaking of family, when so you have. One daughter? I have four children. Four children. Okay. I've met the I've met you've met two of mine. I've met two? Yeah. That's right. I did meet two. Oh yeah. yeah. My uh, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so when you've gone through this process, mm-hmm. you know, how you know how how have you gone through it? Because you do kind of let you let the situation take it. Do you do you have input? I mean, do you kind of how do you because you've approached it now from both angles, right? As a as a midwife. And as you know, the patient. Okay. So I was a midwife before I had kids, which was not popular in the nineties. Yeah. But um, a lot of the way I go at it is like my decisions and what works for me says nothing about your decisions and what works for you. Um, You know, circumstances and stuff definitely fed some of my decisions that I, in a different context, I wouldn't have made them that way, but I didn't write the laws. I mean, I hadn't yet. (laughs) And so, you know, a lot of that sort of stuff is like, I mean, I had all of my kids at home, but that doesn't, that doesn't make it the best decision for everybody. Right. Um, Just because that's a choice that worked out for me doesn't mean that that's for everybody. And that's totally fine. And the other thing too is like, we can have all the choices in the world, but sometimes nature gives us a path and we walk down it and make our best decisions going forward. And sometimes I don't want to say doors close necessarily, but you've got two options. Like reality says we got kind of this option and this option, neither of them are really where I wanted it to go. I want to go that direction, but that's not what nature gave us. I don't know what your labor is going to be like. I don't know how things are going to go. That's not my choice. And I don't have the power to choose, like to control that. Right. Um, But I can provide you with the best information that I have. I can provide you with the best support that I can, and I can help you figure out what is best for you in this moment. And often there is way more than one way to get the job done. Um, If there's really, we have kind of limited options or I have a strong recommendation, I will tell you, I will make that and you can agree or disagree with me and then we can move forward. You know, short of like, this is like a very high risk of severe injury or death. um, We will support you in your choice, even if that's not something that I personally would have done, but that's not really relevant. Like whether I would have chosen that doesn't matter. So building off of that, then, what is your top priority? Our top priority is for women to feel like they understand to the level they wish to understand and that they can make the choices that are best for them and that they will be heard and they will be supported. Having said that, we are human. We are not perfect. I cannot read minds. 
and I have a very broken, very foggy crystal ball. So we do the best we can as human beings. And so what's something about what you do that, you know, let's, because we have, we've gone into the history of midwifery. We've talked really about the, the you know, the job entails, but what are some of the things that you do as a midwife that may go unnoticed that um, people don't know about? Oh, the things we didn't screw up. <laughs> and, and that's really, I, most of the time, like, and, and I'm going really more birth oriented and we can kind of go into more little women's health a little bit too, but like the vast majority of births, the natural result of conception is a healthy pregnancy and the baby will come out. And mostly our job is to not screw it up and to provide the emotional support, sometimes a little bit of guidance, but really most of the time we don't do anything. And, and the other thing too, is like to help people sometimes face really hard decisions that they, I, because I don't, I don't have the power to control everything. Like some people really, really, really want a natural non-interventive birth and nature does not give them a safe option down that road. So how do we help integrate? And the other flip side of that is some people really wanted things very controlled, very regulated, and their body did not give them much option in that department, right? So how do we, how do we integrate things that are happening so rapidly, so quickly in a way that feels very uncontrollable to the best of our ability? And just to, to be there and to listen and to be part of that processing stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't think it matters too much, like the things that happen during a birth so much as how people feel that they were true participants in what happened at their birth. And sometimes, you know, you can, you can come out of that being have feeling feeling stronger feeling better knowing that you have the ability to tackle hard things and do hard things even when they're scary even when they're hard and you can launch into parenthood from a, a position of strength instead of more difficulty i think that's the ideal but and, and other people, like, different people have just different ways and needs to engage with things. And, and I really think our job is to just, like, try our best to meet people where they are and walk with them. And their experience is their experience, and it's perfectly acceptable. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a certain thing. So then, you know, I... Maybe I, you know, I thought I knew the answer to this question going in, but the, you know, I don't know now. What, what is your the best part for you then? Um, I really think it's just like people coming through and feeling stronger than they did when they finished, than they began. Um, I think for some people, like they don't necessarily look at birth as like kind of some of the hippie midwife background a little bit that I kind of came from, right? Um, like 
like this transcendental experience and they're like this is just how babies have to come out and how they have to be born and whatever and they're a lot more like pragmatic about it and that's totally fine parenting it um it it develops and stretches you in in ways and i like nothing else really does right like it's it's a, it's an involved experience right and so you know if we can come if you can just come through the process have feeling like you have you have more strength and understand yourself a little better or at least at least not more scared that's that's my goal Having a baby can be the most exciting time of your life and the most stressful. Our Gifford team of skilled midwives is equipped to lead, guide, and educate you through this amazing journey. Gifford midwife, Ellen Apple. I just love that you get to see people through all stages of their life and you get to be a safe place for them. To schedule an appointment, call 802-728-2401. 802-728-2401. GiffordHealthcare.org. Caring for you for life. Very busy, like you said, over the last couple of years. Do you think that because of the pandemic, we had, you know, I, we had more births, we had more pregnant women? Do you think that that's a thing or is it I, just? I think statistically we have fewer births, but um, I, I don't. It doesn't seem like it, right? Sometimes it doesn't. I think in the beginning there was a little bit of a boom. And I know the pandemic, at least what it kind of, like feedback I kind of got is like there's a lot of people that kind of reevaluated their life and they're like hey maybe things aren't always as they seem maybe we should reconsider but at two years into it I I think whatever baby boom there might have been it's kind of fizzled and people are like economics are really hard <laughs> and childcare is non-existent yeah right and I do you so you see that you know it's an interesting and because I was going to ask, do you think maybe a factor is to people were concerned about getting sick or having their child sick or maybe not being allowed, maybe having their partner not allowed inside? Those were awful, awful things to have to discuss. They were. They, yeah, I, I, in some ways, I feel like a lot of the restrictions really like kind of took us back several decades as far as like really patient-centered care and dealing with the humanity and things it's that's been it's been a really hard part for me and I'm like and the hard part for me is nothing like the family is to have to experience some of this isolation yeah I mean you think of having a baby and you think you know that's the time where you want people you want family this you want yeah. people to come in you, you need you need the support right and so um, I can't imagine you know, because there's, I'm sure there are people who, who got pregnant, fake couples, families who got pregnant and had no idea what was to come in nope. that, you know, because pandemic, you get, you found out you're pregnant in November of 2019. Yeah. You don't know. Nope. No, right. absolutely. I, it was, and, and nobody knew anything about this virus. Did it make babies really sick? How were pregnant women affected? We didn't even know how the heck it was transmitted. Not really. Yeah, no, that was, there was, there were some scary times. We talked a lot about the birthing part of being a midwife, but mm -hmm. there is so much more. It's really all about yeah. women's health. And we have yeah. a great women's, women's center here at, at Gifford. Mm -hmm. um, 
talk about your role in that. You, you talked a little bit, obviously, about about the education, but um, you know, what are some of the underlying health issues um, for women today that they need to be aware of? And is your job as a midwife to to help in that in that way? Right. So um, this kind of goes back to like historical kind of structure things and where how science kind of looked at like the male body was kind of the standard and then it talks about deviations from that and so women's health was always in a like how it deviates from this this male standard and I mean some really crazy stuff it was not until like my adulthood that we had rules in place that required medications to be tested on women before they were put in place on the market like that's nuts I'm not that old right um, and we still don't have regulations saying things need to be tested on pregnant women or breastfeeding women and stuff. And so I look at healthcare from the, the female body perspective and, and whenever I participate in continuing education, just for regular primary care and stuff, I see how like not female centered it is, um, but having said that, kind of dividing this off also leaves women with a lot of fragmented care. Because when we talk about women's health, actually, it didn't really mean women's health. It meant women's reproductive, their gynecologic health, right? But women are whole people who develop diabetes and depression and, you know, all sorts of like, normal human things and and actually I'm not an expert on a lot of that and so I really you know how to how to how to do more of that primary care and that whole people health um aspect um we don't do it perfectly not even by a long shot right um but really trying to work with people's primary care providers to really balance that out to each of us kind of look a little beyond where our typical more narrow spectrum is. Um, the other things too that I think often just don't get really good attention is, um, you know, particular mental health uh, issues uh, for, for women. I think we're getting better and better at that. Um, but understanding that some of the influences and then just taking women's lives in context, because one woman's context can be really different than another woman's context and understanding how their role understandings and, and what role they're playing can affect their stress levels and, and how they manage and how they have access to resources is really important. And, and how like the social, just normal social supports really very directly influences women's well-being. Um, and then the other thing that I really that I think all of us in this clinic actually kind of take a particular interest in that I often see that doesn't happen is just women's sexual health um, and understanding that just to not be in pain or just not to be uncomfortable is not the definition of, <laughs> of good sexual health and being able to help people understand this from physical points of view, psychological points of view, and then um, also interpersonal and relational points of view. And how to have a healthy sense of well-being to navigate relationships in a safe way. How to have good, healthy, safe, um, healthy relationship 
how to discuss sexual health. Um, all of us, like, you know, talking with teens, um, as well as people on the older spectrum of life, like understanding that everybody has that whole person gets to be addressed everywhere and how, how to navigate a lot of those different discussions. And I think, um, I think that's one of the things that, that we focus on very much here. Um, but, but helping bring up like, so do you have asthma? That's something you need to talk to your primary care provider, but also, you know, when people have say a sexual dysfunction, being able to look at their medications and say, hmm, I wonder if some of these issues actually are influencing that and how can we work with your primary care provider um, to keep some of those effects less or how to work within that. Are you finding more women taking control of their, of their health now, standing up for themselves? You know, if something doesn't feel right, you know, they, they know something doesn't feel right and they're uh, making that known. They're just not settling for a diagnosis. And then, you know, well, that, that right. doesn't seem. Well, and, and a lot of that sort of stuff, is there more of that? I, it's hard for me to say, I don't really know. Um, but sometimes have the conversations like, I don't know. I know it's not these things but I don't know exactly what's going on. So can we embark on a journey to try and figure it out, right? Um, rather than like, it's just you whining about it. It's just fine. Like what, I can't, I didn't find any of my big bad stuff. So I don't know, go away. I don't wanna to talk to you anymore, right? Versus saying, okay, I'm listening to you. I hear you. I don't know what this is. And I'm sorry that we have so little excellent research in this area. Right. But can we try and figure it out together? That's going to bring you some some semblance of um, satisfaction when you when that something like that happens where someone kind of figures it out or someone takes what you're saying and they they kind of, you know, get it. And they understand it and it, it helps and it, you know, helps them get healthier, helps them get better, helps them get through childbirth that I, I don't know but you know, that, that's going to be pretty satisfying for you considering the history like you were talking about earlier mm -hmm. where where everything's evolved from yeah well and just honestly uh, creating an environment where women are and the people that we see just feel safe saying so and bringing things up stuff sometimes that's bothered them for 20 years Right. And being able to finally say, so this has been bothering me for a long time. And I'm not sure you're going to have an answer, but what do you think? And being able to have a discussion like that. And those, those I really, really do like. As, as well as, you know, having those discussions, like, bringing up perimenopausal issues and, and how to navigate menopause in a positive light. Um, these are normal, healthy changes, right? Instead of women being so blindsided by just normal things that are happening to their bodies, as well as like just normal things that they can do to help make things better and just empathy, like, yep, sometimes it sucks. <laughs> I was um, talking to one of your newer 
the newest member of the team. Our newest midwife, yeah. Yeah. And she was discussing menopause and she was talking about how that's uh, really a, uh, um, something that she wants to delve into more a topic and a subject because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know if stigma is the right word, but there's, there's, a, you know, there's something, yeah, I, I guess I don't, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but you know where I'm, where I'm going I here. Do. She, like, she we really, just don't talk about stuff. Yeah. And and it's normal. Right. Yeah. No, and and I really appreciated her coming on. I, you know, um with them as busy as we've been, the midwives have focused so much more on the birth end of things. But again, this is it's a life transition. And and a lot of times with just understanding education, it just makes it so much easier to go through. Right. And I appreciate when women are in their forties and stuff, being able to take time at their regular visits and saying, these are often changes that come up. These are the things you might notice. This is why it happens. This is how you can know when it's starting to be a problem. And these are the things you can do to help make this a more comfortable experience, as well as from a psychological perspective, being like looking to new frontiers and looking at the, at the opportunities that time of life brings you instead of like, oh, it just makes me you know, all the negative stereotypes that are, that, that come with, with menopause. Kaylin Dupree, a registered nurse, tells us why she works at Gifford Healthcare. I'd only had rehab experience. When applying to other places in the area, no one would take a chance on me, and Gifford did. Gifford has immediate openings for nurses. Go to giffordhealthcare.org careers and apply today. You get to do a little bit of everything, and no matter what shift that you work, you learn, and you grow, and you excel. Gifford Healthcare, caring for you for life. What would you say as we wrap up here, you know, to women listening who just made, you know, they've, they've heard what you've had to say, they're thinking about it. You know, what, what's some advice you would, I, and it's a pretty broad topic because I, I, depending on age, depending on where they are in their lives, uh, you know, maybe they're starting to, to think about a family. Maybe they are approaching menopause. You know, maybe they're, they're young and they need sexual education. So, It's a pretty broad topic, but what would you, you know, if you could kind of loop it all together into into some tip or advice? Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I think a lot of it is that um, what you think matters, what you feel matters, and keep looking. Do you find somebody that will listen to you and you feel you can work through? They don't have to be perfect. They can be human. They can make mistakes. They can be disconnected one day. But if you can find somebody, you can work through things with you. A lot of it, too, like at least around here, there is no such thing as a dumb question. Um, most of the time, if you've been thinking it, it's pretty common and so is everybody else, right? Um, living in isolation and thinking that things are supposed to be one way and it's can be really freeing to just find out actually you're actually with the majority doesn't necessarily fix your problem but there's nothing wrong with you as a human being there may be frustrations and stuff that you deal with but like you're not wrong as a human being for who you are and wherever you come at and however you however you need to navigate your life we can meet you there and that's just fine 
Well, I, thank you for, uh, you know, I, that was very broad question. So <laughs> I, think you, I think you really summarized it very well. And, you know, that can go for so many, you know, what you're talking about just can go for, to, for so many instances. Ask questions. I mean, how many times have you been in any situation where, where mm-hmm. that's the advice is just ask questions. It never hurts to ask. And um, right. you never know that what you're thinking, like, like you said perfectly, I mean, you know, you may not think it's a question or an issue or a problem or everybody knows the answer, but in secret, everybody kind of maybe has the same question. You're the one asking. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important in just yeah. any aspect of life, for sure. And sometimes we may not have the answers. Like a lot of times we don't have the answers. Like from that historical point of view, it is just now that we're even starting to ask a lot of the questions on women's health. And it's going to be a long, long time till we actually have better evidence-based guidance to give you. Um, and so a lot of times this is a journey of exploration and guessing and knowing that sometimes, yeah, we practice medicine, all right, <laughs> because I don't have better stuff. Well, let me ask you a question that you are going to definitely know the answer to. And that is how can people get in touch with you all or right. how can people reach out? <laughs> Our main office number is 802-728-2401. That gets you the main um, Gifford OBGYN and midwifery office. And we are located at the south end of the hospital. And I hope with COVID kind of getting over itself that we've talked about doing um, just like some community kind of education nights on just information about contraception, um, mental health, particularly for women's issues, adjusting to different aspects of a pregnancy, dealing with menopause and perimenopausal symptoms, just kind of more information. I'd say those were kind of on the, on the table before COVID hit. And so I'm really hoping when we have, since we have a few more providers and stuff and hopefully getting a stable um, bunch of OBGYN physicians here, if you know anybody, send them our way, only if they're really great, but <laughs> um <laughs> I, I hope we'll be able to kind of do some of that moving forward. Um, and we're looking forward, hopefully in the future to starting getting a little bit more information um, as well on the on the Gifford website, um, all in process. Yeah, now that um, now that the team is fully together and we're gonna hopefully do some more things coming out of that, out yeah. of your department there. And we're looking forward to it because, um, you know, very informative today. And I think, you you know, there's a, if women out there listening, you know, maybe they've learned a, a lot. I know I, I certainly learned, you know, a little bit of a lot of, of um, you know, what you do and what the, what your role is and how it's evolved and how, how you know, internationally, when you talk about international uh, midwifery day and what that really means. So um, Heather Johnson, uh, certified nurse midwife here at Gifford. I really appreciate you uh, taking some time out. And I know things have been nonstop for you for the last two years. So to take 45 minutes out of uh, out of your day and, and do this uh, podcast with me, uh, it's much appreciated. And hopefully now your team is full together and um, things can be, you know, you kind of start rocking and rolling a little bit more and, and share the wealth a little bit, right? I'm spread, looking, spread I'm looking forward to the fall, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Heather, thanks very much. Thank you, Scott.